This is the On the Touchline podcast. I'm your host, Jason Broadwater. Welcome to the show. In episode four of On the Touchline, I talked to Andy Saparito. Andy is a youth soccer coach at Beedling Soccer Club East in the Pittsburgh area, and he also coaches futsal for Azuri FC. Andy is a former striker at Westminster College, where he played four years of collegiate soccer. He has coached in the game of soccer for over 10 years. He's coached at the high school level, the youth level, the club level, and he currently runs a program called Happy Feet in the Pittsburgh area, where he works with youth players under the age of five. For full disclosure, uh, Andy is someone who I've gotten to know uh, and he's actually my coaching partner at Beedling SC, as well as Azuri FC. We cover a lot of ground in this episode, from coaching philosophy, his background, the infamous question of development versus winning, which one of those wins out in the end at the youth level, and how does a coach foster a love of soccer amongst his or her players. I hope you enjoy this episode with Andy Saparito, from Beedling SC. Well, thank you for uh, your time, and I uh, appreciate you jumping on with me. Oh, absolutely. Happy to do it. So uh, a question that we ask, or that I ask uh, all the guests that uh, come on on the touchline is, uh, tell us a little bit about your background, uh, how you got into coaching, and uh, we'll see where our conversation goes. Okay, sounds good. Um, grew up playing playing the sport and loving the sport. Um, started around age five playing. Uh, I have two older siblings, uh, so naturally being the, the youngest of three, I was kind of dragged around to soccer practices and soccer games, and uh, anywhere that I went, I was either zoned in on watching the game or I had a ball with me or was – you know, running around the, the stadium or somewhere trying not to get into too much trouble, but <laughs> always, always a ball at my feet. Um, and, uh, you know, through, you know, always being around the sport, I, I'm not sure I would have got into it had it not been for my older siblings, um, both playing the sport. Uh, neither of my parents really was into soccer much. Um, I don't even think it was a sport when they were, but, uh, yeah, I, I was, pretty much hooked on it as soon as I, you know, saw it and then first started to play in peewees. Um, grew up with a, a group of friends that, you know, we, we loved playing indoors, outdoors. Um, when we weren't, when we weren't at a, at a tournament or a game, we would, we were back at somebody's house kicking around. Um, so grew up playing my whole life through, through school, um, began playing, uh, at the club level in U-12s, uh, at that time, that was the, the earliest that clubs started. Um, always had a few of my, my, my school friends on, on the club teams. We always kind of played on a different team every year. We just, for whatever reason, we moved around. Um, seemed like players were always kind of jumping teams even back then. Um, but our, our goal was just to stay together as best we could. A couple of us that were really close. Um, we weren't really concerned about the jersey that we were wearing or 
the club that we were representing. We just, we just loved soccer and we wanted to play. And that was the biggest thing for us. Um, that being said, I don't think at the time we realized how fortunate we were to have our parents making the sacrifices that they were, um, you know, now as I got older and my, my, my siblings moved off to college, I was the one that, you know, they were, they were jet setting around, uh, you know, tournaments out of town and, and, um, there was always a game or something upcoming, you know, is it when's the, when's the next game? When's the next opportunity to play? Um, so the whole played cup and, uh, school the whole way through four years of high school, um, was fortunate to be able to move on and, and keep playing at the college level. Uh, I attended Westminster college and, uh, was able to play there for four years. Um, met another group of lifelong friends uh through the sport and um had had a good time playing there and then we moved on uh into the coaching realm so um at the time uh, around my junior senior year of of college uh my my college coach had uh, offered summer camps for uh, a lot of the local youth communities and also one at Westminster so um that's kind of where I started coaching and um never looked back from then that was now 11 years ago uh i've always been coaching either a a school team a club team or um now my my full-time career is coaching so um cannot say enough about the 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 sport of soccer and what it's the opportunities it's provided me and and the relationships i've built and uh that's kind of a little bit about about me and, and soccer i love it uh so tell me um, a little bit about your coaching philosophy, your style. Uh, you said some things earlier that um, really hit home for me in terms of always having a ball at your feet, uh, always finding a game or, uh, you know, whatever it might be with friends or teammates or, or whatever. Um, and the importance not only of playing, you know, on a regular basis against sometimes better competition, lesser competition, kids that are equal, you know, to you uh, in ability level, male or female. Um, But how has that shaped who you are as a coach today? Well, touching, I think, first on the the philosophy part of it, um, I am, I'm really development oriented and development driven and not results driven. Um, I firmly believe that we need to put development first. I think it's been lacking um, to a large degree in our country. And that's, you know, as seen as our more recent results in in national international play. Um, I think it has to start from the beginning and and it's not just one thing. It's, it's a ton of things combined, but we, we, we need to not so much worry about what the score of the game is. um, But, how are we growing as individuals with that ball at our feet? You know, we, we have to master the ball before we can do anything else. And all too often we're trying to do everything else. And, uh, you know, we're overwhelming our, our youth. I think um, the, the shift has to get back to fun. And that's not to say we're just going to go out there and, you know, have no purpose. Uh, you know, there, there has to be a balance, too. And I think that that balance comes uh, with each individual age group. You know, as kids start to get older, that's when we can focus 
we can hone in more on the um, the the tactical side of things and concepts that they're able to understand more. Where at the younger ages, we want to focus more on fun and on mastering that ball. Because uh, then when you can combine all those elements, I think that's what makes the complete player, among a, a lot of other things. Um, but that's that's a big part of my philosophy. And that comes with, you know, the age group that I've, I've coached. I've coached more of the younger age groups. You know, I do have some experience coaching high school a few years. Um, you know, I really enjoy the younger ages because of development. And when I look back, when I reflect on, you know, my own um, career as a player and growing up, we didn't have, for the most part, we, we didn't have a whole lot of coaches that had um, played at the college level or played at a high level. We, we did have a few. And, you know, the neat thing about being a coach is there's no two coaches that are, that are the same. You know, everybody has a different background and, and everybody can bring different things. Um, so, you know, being able to take those things um, – at the same time, remembering those coaches that impacted me the most. And it started at the beginning and it started with the ones that kept it fun. And while some of those coaches may not have been, you know, former professional, former college players uh, or former high school players, they were people who were passionate about us having a good time at the field and us getting better as individuals. Um, I think it kind of helped to, you know, keep us out of trouble and it made us grow as individuals. And it, like I said, I'll, I'll say it a hundred times over. It, it's, it's the, the relationships that you build uh, over a lifetime through the sport, which is a big part of, goes back into my philosophy. It's kind of all tied in and, and, and why I do it and, and why I love the game. Couldn't agree more uh, in, in terms of what you said about development um, for whatever reason, and I don't know if it's because of other sports or if it's because of sort of the, I don't know. I, I, I don't know what it is, is the, 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 the strong emphasis within our culture here in the States on winning and the development always seems to get pushed to the back burner. Um, I guess I believe slightly different, but probably in the same ballpark that, you know, both can happen at the same time. However, um, it's not likely that winning is going to happen if you don't have the development piece uh, of that. So I, I guess my follow-up question would be, how do you, um, as a coach, work with parents that may not have the soccer background or uh, this is their first time, but they want to give you know, their son or daughter a chance uh, in the game of soccer? Uh, maybe they've moved to the club level. Maybe they've moved to, you know, other more competitive uh, avenues. And, you know, they're maybe struggling with the winning piece of that. What what would you say to them? Um, you know, I, I think saying that winning is not important at all, you know, not that's not what I said or you're not putting me on that. I think it's it's a fine line. And I agree with you. I think that they, that they both can happen together. Um you know, getting back to development, if uh, a child is going out and losing every game, it's not looking like development is happening. And, you know, that could hinder their development on the mental side of things for sure. Um, that being said, I think it goes back to that recipe, you know, depending on what age group you're coaching at, keeping that balance of fun. You know, we have such a burnout factor um, in in this country based on 
being too results driven, you know, what, what, where, wherever that pressure is coming from. So um, I think, you know, for a parent to be overly concerned about winning and losing, they need to take a step back and, and look at the improvement over, uh, you know, over the course of a few weeks or over the course of a season. Um, you know, if I reflect back on my coaching career, any season that I've had, whether it be a winning season or a losing season, uh, you know, I could hang my hat at the end of the year or the season and, and honestly say, wow, look at the improvement here. You know, the, these, these kids got better. And, and, and that's, that's what it's all about, you know, that, and then and your goal every year is to prepare them for the next year. You know, it's like any, anything else in life. So I, I think that's what I would, you know, hope that parents would, would look at versus, you know, okay, we've, we've lost a lot of games here, you know, well, you know, what, who, who are we losing to and how are those, how, how are those losses happening? And was there a ton of good stuff that you could take out of that game versus what was the score at the end of the game? This isn't cutting it. Yeah, uh, no, I, I, I agree with what you said and that I think, um, you know, I, I often say that context is incredibly important. Uh, and I think context in soccer is different uh, than what you might find in baseball or basketball or, you know, traditional American soccer or American football, um, you know, in that regard. Um, so I, I, I think context is important. I think um, recognizing the developmental age of where some of the kids are I think sometimes gets lost uh, in this conversation that we have about development because in why I say that um, we're very quick to accelerate uh, a player playing up or a player advancing, you know, quickly through the ranks. Uh, I'm, I'm all for that, you know, when, when it's appropriate and I'm all for um, sort of the, the challenge that a, a player should have. I think a player should always be challenged also think sometimes we rush it uh, for the sake of, uh, a, you know, a parent's personal glory or bragging rights or something they can, you know, keeping up with the Joneses, I guess, is what I would call it. And uh, I, I think that's something that, um, you know, we, we in an essence, we could slow down a little bit to the degree that we can, uh, knowing that you and I work together, <laughs> uh, but also coaches, uh, whether it be at our club, uh, the clubs that we work at or you know, youth, uh, youth, uh, coaches in general. So, but I, I think, think you're hitting on some good stuff there. Yeah, I, I, I completely agree. Um, it, it's a fine line. It's all a fine line because they do need to be challenged. Um, at the same time, if you could get, if you could get everybody that's around the same age training together with the most important, elements in mind for their development then i think there wouldn't be such a need to um you know be playing kids two three you know age groups up and i think sometimes that is necessary uh yeah. you know every especially at the younger ages you know they 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 everybody develops at a different pace you know um mm -hmm. start getting into the, the pre-teen years the physical development um I'm um, coming from a guy that I don't think I hit a growth spurt until I was, uh, 
about a junior in, in high school and <laughs> unfortunately didn't have enough meat on my bones to <laughs> make it to a big school. But uh, yeah, I mean, everybody develops at a different pace. So I think that needs to be kept in mind. But I think, you know, um, just being realistic, we need to be kept in check and not um, hinder any individual's development based on any kind of, you know, person, personal glory or, um, you know, even if it's in, in, in uh, good heart, wanting the best for, you know, any parent would want the best for their child, um, taking a step back and, and thinking about it objectively. Okay, is this, is this going to hinder their development in the long run? It, you know, are we pushing too hard? Is this too much? Um, we need to keep those things in mind. I've, um, you know, I, I've been around – some atmospheres where you can kind of see, um, you know, when it stops becoming fun and that at the younger ages, when, if it's starting to not be fun, then, you know, there, there's definite concern there. So I think as a whole parents, coaches, um, we all need to kind of get on the same page a little bit better. Um, you know, starting at, at the, at the beginning of a young individual's playing career. One of the things I'm looking at some of the notes that I uh, wrote down kind of in, in preparation for today. And, uh, you know, you've, you've touched on a little bit, but maybe you can uh, elaborate on a little more um, in terms of fostering a, a true love of soccer. And when you were sharing your, your background about, um, you know, always playing and starting at a very young age, but also having some <clears throat> some really good role models uh, in terms of your siblings, in terms of the environment, you know, your parents were able to provide for you. Uh, I, I, so I, I think that resonates with me on so many different levels. Um, but so how, how does that, how does that work? Um, because, you know, you're, you're, you have a foot in so many different camps, right? Um, and if uh, this is a, a good chance to talk about uh, your your work with the Happy Feet uh, program and kind of what all that's about, but then as they get into the you know, seven, eight, nine, ten, uh, you know, U12 range, U14. Um, how does that love of soccer sort of change and evolve uh, from what you've seen in your coaching career? Well, I, I think it's a combination of things. Um, specific to role models, uh, first, I, I would have to name my father as, as probably my biggest role model as far as you know, um, being a fan, um, being a mentor, uh, and being, being the right kind of fan too. And that goes for my mom too. My, my parents were, you know, I'm fortunate. I'm very, very blessed to have them. Um, they, they were always cheering on the sidelines. They were always there. Um, uh, not everybody is, is, you know, is fortunate to be in that situation. And I don't take that for granted for a single day. Um, when that being said, I mean, it, it was, it was odd if I looked over to the sidelines and they weren't there or at least one of them. And my, my parents are very hardworking people that um, they made a lot of sacrifices to get there. Uh, we'd be in a, you know, playing a college game, you know, we'd have a, an opponent across the state or hours away and they, they'd show up at game time, even if I didn't know, even know if they were going to make it. So um, having that support and not, not only just being there on the sideline, um, they, they were positive. They were always positive. I think the most negative thing that my parents ever told me was, yep, you didn't have your best game today. 
you know, I, I started out as a goalie and I ended up kind of evolving into a forward after a, a full-size nets at a U12 tournament. I got chipped three times in about a minute. Uh, and I said, I'm going to go try and score goals instead of uh, protect our net. And uh, <laughs> that turned out to be a little bit more fun for me. But, um, you know, they were never negative. I was harder on myself than they ever were. And uh, I don't think I ever heard a, a word come out of my dad's mouth from the sideline that wasn't positive. Uh, with the exception of maybe a, a ref letting a game get out of hand where people were getting hurt. Maybe that's the only time that, you know, and that's, that's extreme circumstances I'm talking. But um, when I was younger, he kind of made a pact with me. He said, don't embarrass me on the field and I won't embarrass you on the sideline. And uh, he, he, he held true to that. Um, and I did my best to, you know, play the game. To quote the, the, the Penguins coach, Mike Sullivan, I love the quote. Might be overused, but it's it's nail on the head. Play the game the right way, you know. Um, treat the officials with respect. Treat the the parents with respect. Treat your opponent with respect, um, you know. And then the good things would come too, you know. Um, so definitely starting with that support system, um, you know. We were fortunate, like I said, we ran around together. My 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 childhood school friends. We played on the same teams together. There was a close-knit group of parents um, that, that took us to those tournaments, and they, they made those same sacrifices. Um, some of those parents coached us. Some of my best friend's dads were the coaches, and they just loved getting out there and running around with us and, and, and being goofy, you know, and, and, and making it fun, you know. And they, we, were, we were learning, too. They, they had good drills, and they had things for us to do, and a lot of us were younger siblings of the older soccer players in our family so um you know we we kind of knew the expectation and the sacrifices but i would i would say that support system um is kind of where it started and 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 specific to that age group yeah i can think of you know my, my u12 coach um my first cup coach he was not in it for the results he he i can i can think of three or four specific soccer specific things that i learned in that first year um, and they were things that I was actually able to comprehend at that age too, that made me a better player. And that goes for each coach that I had the whole way up through. Um, so yeah, I think it's, I think it's having a positive support system and, uh, making sure that they're having fun at the same time while developing and, and, and balancing out, um, you know, your, 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 your training and, and, you know, everything that you're doing to make sure that, um, you know, the best interest of the, the kids are kept in mind. Awesome answer. It, it sounds like uh, your dad, it sounds like we could, we could use him. Uh, not, you know, uh, talking about our team specifically, but talking about, um, you know, some of the things that you and I have seen uh, on the youth level at tournaments or, uh, you know, other uh, sporting events where uh, the parents seem to get a little out of hand sometimes. <laughs> so... We may uh, we might may call him in as a uh, as a consultant. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think he'd be good at that. Yeah. Um, so l- let's switch gears a little bit. Uh, so uh, I I think and correct me if I'm wrong here. Um, I I think with the groups that you and I have worked with, uh, we have done a really really good job of creating a desirable team culture, uh, not only with the players. 
um, but with the parents. Uh, but also, too, I think it's incredibly important to be able to work with somebody uh, as a coaching colleague who that you're on the same page with, um, that you're in it for the same reasons, um, that sometimes you have to have sort of a, a yin and a yang uh, type of uh, relationship, I guess you would call it. So uh, I, I guess my question is, um, what has that been like? We didn't know each other that well. <laughs> you know, we had met back in the spring, um, but didn't know each other uh, really before the summer. And what's that been like for you? Um, you've probably worked with a wide variety of coaches, uh, you know, throughout your career. And uh, here I come and <laughs> here I am. So what's that been like? I'm curious. Uh, I, I think that it's been and really nice. And, and we've spoken about it, you know, after, after sessions, um, just being on the same page. Um, you know, I, I think that, you you understand my frame of mind with it and you know what we're really trying to accomplish here and uh you know we we can learn some things from each other too um you know ways to ways to handle things um you know you have children that are younger you have a child on the te- team at that age you understand more about the development i would say than i do <laughs> for a lot of those kids you've coached some of these kids in some of some of this age group um, probably just as much as I have in the last few years. Um, so I think us both being able to, um, you know, discipline if we need to, or, um, you know, do our best to say the right thing. There's, it's not always an easy moment. Uh, you know, sometimes kids are, they're hyper, they're ready to go. Sometimes they're asleep. They were, they were dragged there. It's their fourth event of the day. Uh, some kids there, sometimes the kids are just really bad. <laughs> sometimes you just chalk it up to one of those days, but I think, you know, having a, a colleague that, you know, thinks the same and, uh, wants the best for these kids, uh, it, it makes all the difference. And it's been a very, very enjoyable experience so far. Well, thanks. Uh, I, I, I would agree uh, with everything you said. And, um, I've had a, a few different coaches, uh, from around the country, They've actually reached out to me and have asked because I've shared uh, on social media from time to time that um, this for me has probably been one of the more enjoyable, uh, if not the most enjoyable uh, coaching experience I've had. And actually had one uh, of our parents, I I won't name them, uh, come up to me uh, after our session on Saturday and said, you know, uh, Andy's really known in the, the soccer coaching community, uh, at least here in Pittsburgh. And I said, well, yeah, uh, I, I said, I not only have I learned a ton from you in terms of sort of tactics, uh, because I would say that's probably been a hole in my resume, um, you know, up until this point or up until this point as a, as a coach, but the networking, the, um, you know, how you've put yourself out there and the exposure you've had not only at the high school level, but uh, some of the programs you run, you know, at the youth level, um, you've really built some some really great connections. And this parent in particular was saying that um, they had mentioned your name to uh, a fellow parent and the parent knew who you were. So I, I guess what I'm trying to say, not the reason why either of us do this. Uh, I, I think I know you well enough to, to say that. But also nice to know that um, 
you know, it seems the message of what you're saying and what you're doing uh, is working. And uh, this particular family said they, they couldn't be happier um, about their child's development and, and sort of where they are, you know, in the process. So, well, that's, I mean, that's nice to hear. And, and honestly, it's, it's why we do what we do. You know, if I, if I was going through the motions, if I was showing up and, and not doing a good job, there was no development happening, not being seen. Um, why do it? You know, there I'd be doing a disservice to every, all the other you know parents and families that are making sacrifices to show up. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, sometimes a cold, rainy, in October evening at 5 p.m. after work, I'm sure it's not the most enticing thing to have to drive 45 minutes through a thousand stoplights to get to a field seemingly out in the middle of the nowhere. But, you know, everybody's <laughs> making those sacrifices and, and uh, you know, yeah. we do it because we love the sport. You know? yeah. I didn't get into coaching for money. I didn't get into te- – I went to school to be a, a teacher. My background is elementary education. Um been fortunate to be able to work with kids through soccer and through education since I graduated uh, from college. And, you know, I tell my wife this often, <laughs> you know, you, you were, you were brave marrying me. I was never going <laughs> to, you know, I didn't, I didn't get in it for money and she knows that, you know, and, and it's, there's more, there's more to this life than, than that, than, you know, th- that aspect of things. And, it's more, it's more about development and I'm so blessed to be able to do what I do. Um, you know, one thing I think I've kind of left out of this conversation so far through, through the work that I do, um, you know, I run for anybody that's going to be listening. That's unfamiliar. I run a program called happy feet. Um, happy feet has been the best blessing in my life. Uh, I, I was able to, I was fortunate to get a job at a sports facility, um, a few years out of college, I was substitute teaching at the time. They called and they said, hey, we think you'd be a good fit for this this Happy Feet program. Uh, and I never looked back. I said, what, full-time job? Get to work with kids and play soccer? Yep, sign me up. So I took that call um, about seven and a half years ago now and uh, you know, was able to start up a program that had success at the national level. So um, – I am not, I did not create anything here. Uh, happy feet is something that had been already established. And when I went and met, uh, the gentleman, the founder of the program, Andy Barney and, um, Andrew Clifton, who is a player, a uh, great player who grew up playing under Andy and, and all of his coaching philosophies. Um, they, they have, uh, created, uh, an atmosphere and a family that's now international. So, um, that speaks to the, 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 the power of that program. And, and when I say power, I just mean it, the, the, the relationships and the, the, the proof in the pudding, I guess that it, it, it it's wonderful because it, it doesn't get kids just, it's not, it's not trying to just create soccer stars. It is getting kids out and active and getting them to fall in love with physical fitness and activity and doing something, you know, we know every soccer player isn't going to end up going on and playing, you know, there's going to be an expiration date on anybody's soccer career. But if, if, if we start at the beginning and have them being developed 
with the, with a soccer ball at their feet being the medium and the means to be better humans i mean that's an absolute win and that's that's really you know why i got into it and why i've been able to do the things that i you know that i've done as far as you know building those relationships and 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 having a, a positive impact on a lot of kids cuz i i really love the the positive aspect of it you know you could go to a a a competitive tournament and you hear screaming let's say uh high school level state cup important games at that point kids are playing for scholarships there's a lot of stress involved with that you could show up at a a a happy feet program or you know any any respective community you know u5 u6 that's fun i mean (laughs) those kids are having a blast you know, the only stress involved is, are these kids engaged? Are they having a good time? So um, a big part of my coaching philosophy has, has come from um, that program as well. Um, the founder, Andy Barney, uh, is a British gentleman. He has an incredible mind, um, an eye for development. He's developed an entire curriculum uh, based on foot skills. And I talked about mastering the ball. I mean, that's, that's what he's all about. Uh, dribbling and finishing. Those things are important. We're lacking those things at the younger ages. And I try to, you know, instill a lot of that in the things that I do too. Um, because I, I think those are the two big ones that, that involve mastering the ball to get the kids to develop at a much better rate. Because if they can dribble well and they can shoot well, well, making a 10 foot pass is going to be pretty easy. Um, you know, you can learn uh, four, three, three, you know, at age 12, 13, when you can understand it and focus on the other stuff at younger ages. So um, I know that's a little bit of a tangent there, but that's, that's a big part of my whole philosophy and, and uh, you know, how I've developed as a coach to be able to, um, you know, learn from those guys who have been doing it a lot longer than me. And um you know, they've built something very, very, very successful. And uh, I'm, I'm fortunate to be a part of it. I think there's something incredibly powerful to be said. Uh, so back to, you know, mastering the ball, especially at a young age, uh, there's something incredibly powerful if a young player can do that. And I say that because, you know, not only tactically, uh, or I'm sorry, technically, uh, are they you know, they might be a little more advanced than, than their peers. There is such a confidence that a player has. And I, I know you and I have seen it um, from some of the kids that we've worked with, but also others that we've maybe played against that uh, they just exude, you know, uh, they, they might not have their whole soccer career figured out, but they're playing at a really high level and they're playing with confidence and they're sure of themselves. And so, you know, I always say that soccer is the, the, you know, sort of the great teacher of life. I mean, because if you can go through life and you can feel confident in who you are and what you're about, and you know, back to the point of playing the game the right way, absolutely. You know, you do it with character, you do it with purpose, you're intentional uh, in, in your life. You'll have a long and happy life. You know, it'll be rewarding. And I think some of those lessons can be learned on the soccer pitch. Um, I think some of the lessons you and I teach, you know, are things that we can teach or uh, are things that kids can learn 
to be able to go through life. And, you know, so, yeah, we're teaching them about soccer, but we're also teaching them about life. And I think that's, you know, for me, um, is a parent and, you know, now coaching kids that, uh, you know, aren't necessarily my own. I mean, it's unbelievable to see that. And it's so gratifying to see that. And, you know, for me, that's why I wake up. Uh, uh, that's why, you know, those, <laughs> you know, those early uh, practices on a cold, rainy October uh, night, you know, when we're winding down the fall season, you know, that's why you go and that's why you give your best effort and it makes it all worth it. So I, yep. I think, I think there's a lot of good stuff there. So, um, you know, something I always like to ask uh, folks that come on the show, and you, you may or may, may not know the answer to this question. Wh- where do you see all this going? Uh, you know, do you see yourself staying in the youth side of the game? Could you see yourself going back to high school someday? Would you like to coach at the college level? Uh, I'm curious. You know, it's funny. I think of my dad again. Uh, he's approaching retirement, and he's he always says, I still don't know what I want to do when I grow up. <laughs> and, uh, Smart man. Yeah. yeah. And I, to be honest, as long as I'm around the game, I'm going to be happy. Um, you know, my, my wife is on board with, you know, my passion here in this sport and, and being able to, you know, pass things on that I've learned and, and be a positive influence. Um, you know, my, my full-time career is in, in, you know, intertwined with my hobby and, uh, you know, all those things considered, I really don't have a, you know, year by year calendar, calendar plan of, you know, what's next. Um, I, I do think as I get older, I, I probably would like to coach at, at, a, at a higher level. Um, you know, I, I think that I, I do have a lot to offer. Um, you know, that would be continuing to grow professionally, you know, um, currently just a D license holder. So to continue to, you know, get the licenses necessary. Um, I think that those are all, you know, very beneficial. And with the, you know, with the thought in mind that we want to make sure that we are, you know, coaching the right things, if we are going to, you know, improve, you know, as a country and, you know, the, the individuals that we're coaching, um, but yeah, I really don't have a, a, a specific plan. Um, you know, my 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 big things on the list are starting a family here, uh, Lord willing, and uh, you know we'll see where it takes me. But uh, I know that I'm very happy where I'm at, and um, you know I, I I intend to continue with happy feet for a while. Um, like I said, it's such a blessing, and you know it's it's pretty much high fives all day, and, and you know complimenting kids and just getting them out there and moving and having a blast with the sport. And then to be able to do that at the club level, um, the academy level is, is also a blast. So uh, kind of a roundabout way of not answering your question, but I guess, like I said, as long as I'm coaching, I'll be happy. Well, uh, p- positive reinforcement is uh, a lot like the color black. Uh, it's always in style. So uh, whether it be uh, with the Happy Feet kids or uh, some of the, the U10 kids that we're currently working with, um, I haven't met a young person, male or female, that hasn't responded uh, positively to positive feedback. And I think, uh, I think you and I try to, uh, to give a lot of that throughout our sessions and throughout our season. And, um, 
you know, build, build players up versus tear them down. Uh, because, you know, uh, if we get in the business, I think, of being overly critical and, you know, really uh, just, like I said, tearing a player down, I, I think we're actually doing the opposite of what our intention is. Our intention is for our kids to move up to U11, U12, and keep going until, you know, and like you said, there's there's a certain shelf life for every player. But, you know, you, you often tell me that, I mean, you still play in a, uh, a, a league, uh, you know, over 30 league. So um, it may take on a different form, but you're still playing. You're still around the game. And I think the... You know, the one thing for me, I, I know I have failed as a coach if I drive players away. If I, you know, I, I, I take great pride in, and I mentioned this in, in another episode, that the retention of players is incredibly important to me as a coach. I feel like I failed if players aren't willing and, and wanting to come back because of the environment and because of the fun and because of the high fives and you know, but also those teachable moments too. Um, they're so important and there's a, a very delicate dance of sort of intertwining, you know, all those things. So, uh, so, uh, one thing that I also like to ask, um, you know, you mentioned the support that, uh, your spouse has given you and, uh, having a, a wife that knows that you're incredibly passionate about this line of work and this career path. Uh, what has that been like? Um, and I'll, I'll share a little bit about my experience uh, as well. Oh, it's it's been great. I mean, she, she my wife is amazing. Uh, she's she's very she's she's passionate. She's she's strong willed. She's career driven. Um, you know, we she she understands what it means to be successful. And uh, she supported me the, this entire way along through, um, you know, through all the different phases of, you know, different parts of the, the program that I had been running and, um, um, you know, working at the sports facility and all the different things that I was able to learn over there. Um, but, yeah, it's 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 been great. She's she's fully on board. Uh, you know, she grew up as an athlete herself. She actually got into uh pitching for softball she she played in the little league world series uh, when she was younger and was a very good good uh pitcher in high school so i think she understands a lot about the sacrifices and um you know the tournaments and the the the, the relationships built um you know looking at our wedding there was a there was a good portion of our uh the the friends in our wedding and the people who attended our wedding that were, you know, the soccer and the softball families. So, um, she gets it, you know, and that's, that's, you know, obviously very important for me, but it's, it's, it's also, you know, nice to have that, that, that support system, you know, starting at home too. Yeah. I, I couldn't agree more. Um, you know, the, the time away, the, uh, uh, you know, uh, it, it, it's an extra commitment. Uh, I, I often tell people that, you know, really, I have two full-time jobs, and I, I love both of them. Uh, but also knowing that, um, you know, uh, it can't be everywhere at every time. And uh, But the time that my wife and I and our kids have together, um, really trying to make the most of it. 
And, um, you know, it, it's brought an incredible bond between uh, Jackson, uh, my son, and, and myself. And, uh, you know, but it's also been really neat to see him hear it from another coach uh, like, your, like yourself. And he's, uh, you know, grown to be uh, <laughs> your, your number one fan, Andy. Um, just because it's funny, you and I say a lot of the same thing. And philosophically, we're very much, you know, on the same page. And, uh, you know, I think that's part of why we work so well together. But it's amazing when the messenger is a different person, how he has become incredibly interested in that message. And, uh, you know, sometimes that's all it takes, right? Um, He's the one who on our off days is saying to me, Dad, let's go train. Uh, Dad, let's go you know, out in the garage and, and kick the futsal ball around a little bit. And, you know, there, there's very rarely a time where I ever say, you know, Hey, you know, not tonight or I, you know, sorry, I got some other stuff I need to do or whatever. Um, so yeah, I, I think when you have that support system though, and you have a, a spouse who, uh, just is, you know, <laughs> incredibly awesome in so many different ways. Uh, I think it allows us to to do what we do. So if uh, if folks want to connect with you, Andy, uh, that are listening to this podcast, uh, what is a good way for them to do that? Um, I'd probably say my email would be good. Um, You're a brave it, man, it, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Just Her kidding. Or work. Well, like I said, it's all kind of intertwined. We'll <laughs> see. I, I won't give out your personal email. Okay. I, I, you know, I, I had to talk to a guy who knew a guy had to get that one from you, so. <laughs> well, they said 19%. No, I'm sorry. Something like 60% of spam callers in 2019 will be uh, will will be calling your cell phone. So I'll probably leave the cell phone off the list, the personal cell. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I can. You can get. I don't know if you want me to mention it here, or you're yeah. welcome. Yeah, go go right ahead. Okay, it's it's Andy A N D E at HappyFeetPGH.com. There you go. Well, uh, Andy, thank you so much for your time. And uh, it's been a blast not only coaching with you, but getting to know you as a person and, and working alongside you. And uh, thank you for, for taking the time today to come on the latest episode of On the Touchline. No problem. Uh, it's been a pleasure. Happy to do it. And uh, yeah, have a great day. Thanks. My sincere thanks to Andy Saparito for coming on the Touchline podcast and sharing his experience as a youth soccer coach. I hope you enjoyed uh, Andy's take on things. If you like what you hear and you would like to support this podcast going forward, uh, you can do it in one of two ways. Uh, One, you can visit anchor.fm slash on the touchline, all one word, and make a small monthly contribution your support would be tremendous and help us keep the lights on. The second way, and arguably the most important way, is that it would mean the world to me if you could share this out on social media by liking, retweeting, sharing, or subscribing to the podcast, or leaving a review uh, on your podcasting platform. We're available on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Spotify, Anchor, as well as other major podcasting platforms as well. Some really great shows uh, coming your way soon. 
I think you'll like the variety that we cover uh, here on this show. Well, until next time, this has been the On the Touchline podcast. I'm Jason Broadwater.